Welcome to the Behind the Bits podcast. Your host, Scott Curtis, wants to learn everything he can about stand-up comedy and take you along for the ride. Scott and his guests talk serious about comedy in every episode. Behind the Bits will uncover knowledge from different perspectives on subjects such as writing and performing stand-up comedy, as well as booking shows and the comedy life. If you're thinking about becoming a stand-up comic, already in the comic game, or a comedy nerd, Behind the Bits is the show for you. Now, let's get Behind the Bits. everybody, welcome back to the Behind the Bits podcast. I'm still Scott Curtis, and today I've got with me Doc Kennedy from Nashville, Tennessee. How are you, Doc? I'm doing great, Scott. This is quite the honor to be on your show. I, I love what you got going on. This yeah. is great. I don't know about honor or not, but, you know, it's it's an honor to talk to you. <laughs> How about that? I, yeah, uh, from my point of view, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, so I after uh, I started looking at our scheduled time here, I forgot how we actually connected. So I, I went backwards and found out we connected on Twitter. And yep. the, because after we connected, right after we connected, I started listening to your podcast. And then, you know, I just totally forget things after that. But uh, we connected and I thought you would be a great guest on the podcast because you have your own podcast. And I want to talk about that. But first, um, where are you located? Yeah, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Been here about two years now, okay. and before that was out near uh, Seattle for almost 10 years. Okay. How long have you been doing stand-up? I did my first set about 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, well, I, well, let me think about that. I guess now it's been almost 12 years ago. Holy cow. You don't look that uh, old. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was a toddler when I did my first set. Yeah, great. <laughs> And you've been in Nashville for a couple of years. I have actually done a couple open mics in Nashville because oh, uh, my company's got a um, office down in Columbia, uh, which yeah. is a little bit south of Nashville. So I went up uh, once and did an open mic on a Tuesday at a bar that I can't remember the name, but it's not there anymore. I know it was one that Chad Ryden, uh, one of his okay. deals. Um, so I did yeah. that one, and then just this summer, I was in Nashville with my wife, and who else was I with? Maybe it was just my wife and I, and I did um, open mic, I think it's called the Viper Room, East Side. Okay. Yeah, so I did, yeah. did one there, too. The Met Cobra? some nice people there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, those are uh, uh, interesting spots. Uh, what I love about Nashville is the comedy scene is pretty tight. Yeah, they're all pretty supportive of each other, and you know, most nights you can get on stage up to two times. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that there's a there's a, like a Nashville stand up scene or something like that. The the website, and I would always look yeah. at the open mics, and there was usually one that did an early and one that did a late, um, just about every night. So that was cool. Yeah. They do a great job of staggering them, and actually, there's some nights where you can get up three times if you if you work it out right. You know? Right, right. <laughs> if things all pan out, and open mics are definitely a must when you're working out re new material. Oh yeah, yeah, and I just love being around the other comics. You yeah, know? just getting to to hang out with people whose brains are as wacky as your own. Yeah, you know? yeah no doubt. 
So hear how they're doing, you know, and just keeping up, you know. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's a good environment. Most definitely. When you uh, so you started, you know, ten, twelve years ago. What was it that prompted you to start doing stand up? I went through a rough stretch and uh, needed some laughs in my own life, mm-hmm. and man, it. I'm a I'm a Christian and I, I felt like the Lord was working in my life, but I still needed laughs. Mm-hmm. And I was really lacking in that department. And it was at that time Seinfeld was being released on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started buying Seinfeld and it just it just touched my heart so much, you know, and it, it really brought a lot of life into my life. Mm-hmm. And so through that, I just I just I, I was living in a really small town and didn't know how to start, but I thought maybe I could use that. Really, I wanted to use stand up to get into acting. Uh-huh. But I uh, did an online course, and this was, you know, back before they were doing video and stuff. So I did the, uh, it was all uh, through a PDF format. Uh-huh. But I went through that, and it was really helpful. And then uh, two years later, I moved out towards Seattle. I did my first set out there. And, um, didn't take too long before I got frustrated and quit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people do that, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, but like I said, you know, my, my goal was to get into acting and mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, I'm, I'm out from the sticks and I don't know how to do that, but I saw, you know, comedians taking their stuff and becoming actors, you know, Tim Allen, Drew Carey, mm-hmm. uh, Seinfeld. Right. You know, I just thought, well, maybe there's that in, I don't know, you know, went for it. But you know, what was interesting, Scott, was even though I got frustrated, it was the reason I got frustrated was because I wasn't perfect. Yeah. And it was stupid of me to think that I should be perfect, Mm. but that's where I was. And so I, uh, but I just couldn't shake it either. I mean, you get that bug. Mm-hmm. And now for me, you know, and I'll still do acting, but it's really hard to be a live audience, you know, and just knowing that whatever happens that night, good, bad, or in between, it's never going to be duplicated. Right. That you you have a special time with some people and yeah. you all get to share. Yeah, no doubt. It's, uh, it's usually one of two extremes that I see that, uh, Either you get frustrated because you can't be perfect or you think you're perfect and you're frustrated because you're not a big star. Yeah, I've always been on more, more on your end, uh, frustrated because I'm not perfect. And you really have to, you really have to just understand that you just need to be better than the last time you performed and try to always do as good as you can and, and not worry about how well everybody else is doing and, and not really take it so hard if you're, if you're, if you're joke bombed or if you said it wrong or whatever, it's just, it's just something that happens. Well, and it was stupid too, because it it was a room with like seven guests. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just set the bar so high for myself. I wasn't going to be able to reach it. Yeah. Uh, You know, it, you know, you just do young, dumb stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't regret the time in between either. I learned a lot. And actually a lot of the skills I learned in between are what's enabled me to podcast. Mm-hmm. So there was, 
there's a lot of good that came out of that time. And, and I, about four or five years ago, I got back on stage serious and been here since. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long was your hiatus then? It was years. Mm-hmm. Um, but every year I would, <laughs> every year I would do like one or two sets average. Yeah. And, uh, get mad and quit again. Wow. And so, but the breakthrough for me, I heard a comedian and he was speaking at a leadership conference and I heard this comic say that he had this epiphany. He was off stage one night about to go on stage. And he said, you know, up till then it had been about him getting laughs. Mm. And he had this epiphany that it wasn't about him getting laughs. It was about him giving people the opportunity to laugh. Oh, well, that yeah. registered with me, mm-hmm. and it was like freedom. Right. It was total freedom for me because mm-hmm. now I had the room to fail because it wasn't about me getting laughs. It was about me giving people the opportunity to laugh, right. which was if you know if we dial back to when I first you know bought the online course and all that stuff, that was my original intent. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere along the way, you know, I got in the way. Right. <laughs> I th- I think once you've performed a few times uh, as a stand-up, you start to think of the audience as something different than what they are. You all, all the things that are pent up inside of you, all the all your self doubt and stuff like that, just manifests itself, and you think the audience is almost there to judge you. Um, and that's not what it is at all. Um, first, that they don't care what kind of a day you had because they had a bad day too. Second, they just came to laugh. And if, if you yeah. can, if you can get that across and totally erase everything else from your mind, just giving them the opportunity to laugh, like you said, then y- you always have a better set because you're a lot more relaxed. Yeah. Well, and one of my strong suits is crowd work. Mm-hmm. But you can't do crowd work if you're looking for perfection. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, I was free to really be more of myself. Uh-huh. So, I, crowd work, that, that's, that's interesting. And I, I watched a few of your videos before we got started here. You, I mean, you rely pretty heavily on the crowd work, and that is a really jagged edge because... Uh, and I've, I, I've never done it a whole lot. I've done, I've done it a few times, but tell, tell me what your process is. Do you, do you have things in mind before you start doing the crowd work and you can fit those in? What, tell me a little bit about that and how you make that work. Yeah. I like to try to find bits that I can incorporate the audience with. Uh So yeah, uh, one of the, uh, videos I have online is a bucket list bit. Yeah. And I'll ask people, I'll ask people what's on your bucket list. And a friend of mine here, uh, we did a set together the other night and he, uh, he said, you know, can I, can I just make a comment? You know, if you do that bucket list thing, you know, there's a chance that their response is going to be sad. Mm-hmm. And well, my response to that is not everything has to be hilarious. Right. And so if we can flip that to something positive, we can still make it funny because I have my punch already set up. Mm, right. But we can still do something positive in this, you know, and maybe 
uh, help someone, you know, help the audience in some way. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I kind of look at it. You know, it's okay to have a, a point in the show where it's not wall to wall laughs. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, I do stuff like that. And then, um, I do a lot of one-liners mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll ask questions off of those, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and that those work well. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to try to find stuff, but only if it's going to work great. And I don't do crowd work throughout the whole show. Um, I just do it kind of sporadic, mm-hmm. but I love, I love people. So why wouldn't I want to get to know them? Right. Right. I was, uh, last year I was at a Paula Poundstone show up in Michigan with my wife and she does a lot of crowd work. And I didn't know that cause I'd never seen her live before. And it's amazing what you can get going just by talking to people. And, yeah. uh, you know, in a lot of comedy shows, the audience wants to be part of the act anyway. So if you give them, <laughs> if you give them that opportunity, then, um, oh, yeah. it's, it's a very memorable experience for them. Well, that I never have hecklers. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. <laughs> Cause I don't one, I don't believe in them uh-huh. because I'm already looking for them to engage anyhow. Yeah. So you have nothing on me. I'm looking for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's fine. And once you've already established that you're willing to go out there uh-huh. and you can, you can spin it back, you know, and say like, uh, you know, I'm in charge, whatever. Right. You know, you can bring it back if you need to. Yeah. But most of the time they're going to be on board anyhow. They just want to enjoy it. Right. Um, yeah. Do you, uh, do you have a, a, um, recollection of the best time you had in front of an audience that you just walked out of there walking on cloud nine and just feeling the best? Well, that's a great question, Scott. Um, I, I don't know. I guess, like most folks, I think of the worst ones. <laughs> that's <laughs> you know, it's kind of why, you kind of go why there. I asked that question because I ask a lot of people what their worst experience was, and I just, yeah. I was experimenting with you. You're, you're you're kind of a lab lab experiment for me. I wanted to see <laughs> I wanted to see if somebody could recall the best experience they ever had. Well, I I have a lot of um, favorite moments. Uh, I did a show out at um, out in Washington State at the military base there. Mm. Um, being able to entertain troops and their families that was awesome. Mm. That was a great experience. I did crowd work there, and there were some little kids, and they were involved in the crowd work, and that mm. turned out that were that went great. So, uh, being able to serve people that serve us. That that's an awesome moment. Mm. Um, even like just um, different people that show up and you, they tell you that you know they needed a laugh that night mm-hmm. or you know stuff like that. I hang on to the little things more than the big ones, I uh-huh. guess, and just kind of uh, yeah. There was a show recently and. Um, trying to remember exactly where it was but yeah it's just um i i feel like every show has enough good in it that i don't really 
feel like I've, and I, and I'm still fairly, I want, you know, I'm not as hard on myself as I used to be, mm-hmm. but yeah, I see, I see people saying, oh, this guy's killing on stage. Well, what's the definition of killing on yeah. stage now? <laughs> it's gotten kind of watered down and I don't feel like I'm ever at that point. Mm-hmm. I, I want that bar to always be super high mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter how good I'm getting. I want it to keep pushing further. Right. Right. Do you, do you ever second guess some of your, uh, some of your bits, like especially if they have multiple tags and, and you've got one tag that just hits all the time and you do it in front of a different audience and that one doesn't hit, but a different tag hits and, and you don't know what to think. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's the weirdest. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. You know, I, I've, I've, got one joke that's got three tags and it's always it's always been a build you know tag one's pretty good tag two's better and and tag three's the best and i have recently done it a couple times and i could easily flip-flop them just just go from three to one and it probably would have been better and (laughs) it's 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 really weird and and you you can't really that's something you can't read Uh, i mean you can read an audience as to what type of material you should be doing sure um but uh you can't really you can't really if you're going to do this material and it's got three tags you don't know which way to go and uh and sometimes it's kind of a downer when that last tag just kind of falls flat when (laughs) when when the first two were so good (laughs) yeah yeah i you know, I try not to read too much into it. If it happens multiple times, then I will. Um, you know, but most of the time I just accept responsibility. Maybe I didn't deliver it right. Um, there was, there was obviously some sort of disconnect between me and the audience. Mm-hmm. So what can I do to help remedy that to make sure that doesn't happen again? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, uh, you know, I hear comics blame the audience all the time, and I think that's just kind of a mistake. Like, yeah, it's, uh, there can be a bad room, but yeah. I mean, they're few and far between. If mm. you're good, you should be able to get some laughs, right? And it's hard. It, it's hard to blame the audience when you go back to the thing that you know what they just came here to laugh, and if you're not yeah. if you're not giving the right stuff to laugh at, then it's not really yeah. their fault. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Unless you and unless again, you're doing you know, a gig, unless you're doing a gig where they started drinking at eight o'clock in the morning, and <laughs> you go on at five o'clock and they start throwing beer bottles at you, then that's that's not as good. <laughs> that sounds like a, a, a personal experience. There, uh, not me, but a friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang! Yeah, <laughs> that's rough. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's. I also haven't done cruise ships, and I, I think that would be tough. Because you're seeing the same people over and over. Yeah. You know, I've got a friend that uh, has done a lot of cruises, and he absolutely loves them. And oh, you yeah. got you to gotta get into that groove, and you got to know, know what to say. I mean, that's obviously um, a place where, you know, you've got one type of comedy, and you've got to do your crowd work and stuff like that on a cruise ship so everybody feels special and all that. But, sure. yeah, he loves doing it. <laughs> Well, I've also heard those stories of guys being helicoptered off the ship. Yeah, so. <laughs> there have been. You're never going to see me on one because I am way too claustrophobic. So it, it's oh, just gotcha. ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm six five and those ceilings are way too low. <laughs> yeah. That and that can be a long time out there, you know. Oh, Thirty yeah. days Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. That's a lot of time to either make friends or make a lot of people resentful towards you. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> On your um I read your uh, web page pretty closely. Um, you mentioned that you do quite a few um, church type of uh, yeah. presentations and shows. To walk yeah. me, th- walk me through that on um, how that works, and you know what what your act is like and stuff like that, and for a church audience. Yeah, I do the same act that I would at a club. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the same thing. Um, you know, it's, it can be, it's just like a club. I mean, I really feel like that minus the booze, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh, it's, I just treat it like any other show that I would do. Cause I do corporate also. Mm-hmm. So they're all the same to me. Just let me show up mm-hmm. and that's it. But um, yeah, sometimes they'll have, you know, like we don't want you to talk about this topic or something like that, but uh, those are, those are few and far between. And mm. most of the time, you know, I'm not touching those subjects anyway. Hey, and you mentioned reading the room, mm. you know, if you're going through a stretch where there's been a tragedy or something, maybe talking about death isn't the best choice. Right. You know? right. Uh, just, just being cautious of what's going on in that area. Mm. Um, but I enjoy them. You know, it's, Cause I, I grew up in a family that loved to laugh mm-hmm. and it, the more that I can do that for families, um, I, I just appreciate that opportunity to be able to entertain not just the adults, but the entire family. Mm-hmm. That's great. You, you make no, uh, uh, bones about being a Christian. I mean, you, you talk about that on your website and you mentioned it earlier in the podcast. Do you feel like that in this day and age, a Christian comic maybe has a tougher way to go than somebody who um, is totally secular and doesn't doesn't talk about that at all? Well, if I worked, you know, if I worked blue, I, I could get some easier laughs. Mm-hmm. But you know, like like Brian Regan. He's working clean mm-hmm. and he's arguably the most famous comic out there. Right. So it's, you know, it's just, it's just more work, mm-hmm. but I would want to work clean regardless because there's more opportunity. Right. You know, you can get more gigs if you're working clean. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll take a, I'll take a clean comic to a church show who's not necessarily a believer, uh-huh. but they're going to bring laughs. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's um, it's kind of a, a. I don't really feel if I bring it forward, you know, mm-hmm. then you know you can't get anything on me, right? And you're yeah. gonna enjoy it anyway. Uh-huh. I mean, it's yeah, it's no big deal, right? You're you're one of the so I've talked to several comics that you know I I'm clean too, and um, uh, we mentioned talking uh. Joel Byers was your first yeah. guest and I just interviewed him. He, he hasn't, his interview hasn't gone up yet, but we, we talked about clean comedy and how, like in my case, it's not necessarily who I am. 
Um, you know, I my text messages probably contain worse language than you hear from most <laughs> comics, but the the my what I wanted to do is I wanted to really appeal to a wide range of people. And I guess what really what really nailed that for me is when I watched uh the Nate Bargetsy special on Netflix. Yeah. And then I've seen mm-hmm. him live twice since I saw that special. Same okay. show twice. <laughs> because <laughs> because I really liked it. But the thing I did is the first time we saw him, I think was in Indianapolis. We went to see him in Indy. And I looked uh-huh. at the audience, and that audience was the most wide-ranging cultures, people, yeah. ages that I've seen at a comedy concert in a long time. And yeah. when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, he's got it right. And, uh-huh. and you know, that, that solidified my belief in the fact that you can do clean and still be considered a good comic. Yeah. Well, and you can still go after touchy subjects. Oh, yeah. yeah. When you're clean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll... I talk politics in my act mm-hmm. and that's, you know, that's kind of considered a no, no right now it is if you're on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's a bigger deal. It seems than being a Christian being a, uh, you know, and, and being public with that mm-hmm. than, than, um, you know, saying that you're a uh, conservative or anything like that. So, oh, yeah. uh, so, I'll, but I'll take those challenges cause a good joke is still a good joke Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter. You know, now it's not, so I'll, I'll poke fun at all sides. It's not my fault that the left tends to have more opportunity. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, that's just how it is. I mean, if you took those same characters and I just kind of view them as characters for my act, if Mm -hmm. I took those same characters and put them on the other side of the aisle, I would be going after them the same way I am right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's the, it's the premise that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. I need that premise to set up the punch. Right. So if you're providing the premise, then I'm just going to take it. Right. I tried switching one up last week. I tried switching it up. It was a Nancy Pelosi joke. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you know what? I don't have enough going after the other side. I'm going to switch out Pelosi for Trump. Mm-hmm. And it failed. Yeah. It just failed. You know, I, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> I, I don't make the rules here. I yep. just follow them. And yep. the rules is if they laugh, it's good. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we're in a situation right now where if you mention Trump in any, in any way, no matter which side the people are on, they just don't like it. So it just, it just, oh yeah, it falls flat. It, it does fall flat. Well, it, it's kind of a sticky subject. And I really, I kind of feel like after we get through this uh, weird coronavirus uh, situation, well, my hope is that people will lighten up and yeah. we can, you know, just get back to enjoying life. Mm-hmm. But obviously life's too short. So yeah. let's laugh at the things that we can yeah, no doubt. and just enjoy it. Yeah. And realize that all of us are right and none of us are right. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're, we are our own right. Whatever works for us. Yeah. <laughs> so when you, um, 
one of the things that I found fascinating about you was your was your podcast and the podcast for everybody. Um, so you can look it up is free to laugh, and I have found it on about every podcast app I've tried. Um, Spotify is the one I use the most just because it's easy and I've got my music queued up anyway so I can listen to an episode and listen to music. So I uh, I listen mostly through Spotify. And it seemed to me that this podcast came from, first of all, um, you are passionate about comedy. Um, you're passionate about um, subject matter and you are passionate about how political correctness has maybe changed the playing field for comics and comedy in general. And I was, I was impressed by that. I was also impressed that uh, you can uh, put out uh, a 50 minute episode or a 20 minute episode and all of them have good content. And uh, I really mm-hmm. like those 20 minute episodes cause that's exactly how long it takes me to get to work. So the, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm trying to keep them shorter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I really appreciate some of the, some of the viewpoints that come from that and some of the perspectives. Uh, so can you tell me how the podcast came about, what you're doing with it and where you want that to go? Yeah, and this might be good for comics that are looking to start a podcast. I So I had produced two shows previously uh, myself. I had one, the first podcast I ever produced, it was called Dream Warriors, and I just brought on people talking mm-hmm. about their dreams and goals. And then I did a show after that. I wanted to niche it down. And so I was doing uh, film production at the time, and so I... It was called Filmmakers Focus. Mm -hmm. And I just brought on anybody that was in the filmmaking industry. And that went pretty well. And I I quit that one when I moved to Nashville. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, I wanted to do something that was in the comedy world. And I started out by recording episodes where I was just having a conversation. But it wasn't as niche as I thought it should be. Mm Mm-hmm. Because uh, some of the feedback that I've gotten, um, when you went to see Nate, was uh, Brian Bates opening for him? Yeah. Okay. So Brian did yeah, both times. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Brian told me that you know some of the the bigger comics they won't do podcast interviews unless they're more niche because mm-hmm. they end up just doing this open ended conversation that kind of goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. See, like you have an angle. You're, you're, even though it feels more uh, conversational, you still know where you're going to go. Yeah. You're, you're blazing the trail mm-hmm. and you know where it's going. If you do something where there's no end in sight, it's really hard to want to jump on that bandwagon. Right. So, so uh, as I kept recording, uh, just trying different stuff. I ended up niching down on comedy and political correctness. Mm-hmm. And that's worked out great. You know, uh, that lots of comics want to come on. They all have stories uh, mm-hmm. to share. And so um, that's how that, that happened. But it was a series of failures that I never released. I recorded a bunch of episodes that just never will be aired. <laughs> but it was all in getting to this place right. where I wanted to. 
Now, have you learned anything, or have you has anything changed your mind even a little bit in the in the time that you've talked to folks? Because you, you've got quite a few episodes out. How many? What yeah. episode are you on now? I think we're at sixteen. Yeah, so you uh, you're ahead yeah. of me. So yeah, you you got more than I. Do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we took a little time off. Uh, I moved uh, last week, and so uh-huh. I put a little uh, uh, hiatus on it. But I'm taking advantage of the the uh, quarantine here yeah no doubt so I'm, I'm getting as many episodes pumped out as possible yeah <laughs> i know comics are available so. yeah yeah i'm uh i'm i'm doing the same thing i reach yeah. out reaching out to some folks who didn't uh who either didn't respond or responded that they were too busy or whatever and uh <laughs> hopefully that'll work I've got That's I've got Michael Ian I've got Michael Ian Black on the hook to do an interview in May, oh, cool. so we'll see if that happens. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he might be back on the road by then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a book coming out in May, so I thought maybe that oh, okay. would be a decent plug well, that, for the book. Yeah. Well, again, when you're talking about how to book people, you know, for people that are into podcasting, that's a great way to go about it. Like, if they have something that they need to plug, yeah, get them on. Yeah. Because they're looking to get all the publicity they can. Yeah. Um, so let's brainstorm that. So uh, almost every comic wants to put a podcast out, at least everyone that I talk to. And some of them okay. have one, some of them don't. So let's let's talk about how you've gotten your guests. You know, I I want to compare notes here. So uh, yeah, sure. The, the guest you've got um, versus the guest I've got, how did you reach out? How did you get people to get on the podcast? Yeah. Um, I just reached out to them directly. So mm-hmm. I find it interesting that you and I connected through Twitter uh-huh. because I'm not on there a whole ton. Yeah. But somebody had hit like on your tweet saying that you were looking for comedians to be on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to be in this zone of being like, I need to be a guest on podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so it was def- it was on my brain for sure. Yeah. And so, that's how we connected, you know? And, and so I really think just trying, mm-hmm. just getting the word out, just bugging people. Um, this, and like I said, like, I think the next three weeks or so is a really good time to bust them out. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> now, it, if you haven't started your show now is also a good time to do that because yeah. you have time. And one thing to remember is if you do a recording that, you know, I, I think most of the, both of our episodes can stand on their own as far as, um, they don't have a, uh, expiration date on them. And yeah, you can, sure. you can listen to them at about any time. You know, your, your well, first episode. I hope mine expires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope mine expires because that means political correctness is yeah, no thing of the past. <laughs> so. <laughs> But but at least they're there for posterity. Um, they and, are. And yeah, people, yeah. Remember when? You know what's funny? I did the. I I think I told you before we started. I did this local podcast for like five years, and I don't think I've recorded an episode in a year. And I logged on to my host because I'm using two different hosts because I I was using Libsyn before and I didn't like it so much, and I'm on Podbean now. And I logged into oh. my host. People are still downloading those freaking episodes and listening to yeah. them. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I had 41 downloads I have the same last thing month. with, uh, with uh, Filmmaker's Focus. It's up on YouTube. Yeah. And still, it's still getting clicks. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have, but. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of wild. That's, 
that stuff lives forever. <laughs> yeah. For the good and bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, just to compare notes on getting guests, I've, I've done the yeah. direct approach and, uh, I either get a resounding yes, let's get it scheduled, or I get, um, talk to me in a couple of weeks, or, um, I get somebody's publicist come back and say, um, they, they don't do podcasts. They don't have time for podcasts, but if they're ever in the area, we'll comp you a couple tickets. <laughs> so it's, um, and the funny thing is, is, uh, one of those people was Michael Ian e. Black. And I got his publicist, and they said no. And then I made a little video on Twitter. Um, it was like 20 seconds long, yeah. pleading for him to be on my podcast. And he said, yeah, let's do it in May. And so, yeah. so it's, amazing. Wow. it's amazing what you can do. Yeah. Uh, so did he reply directly? or was? It? Yeah, he replied directly back to me. And, oh. and, um, so, so that might be. Yeah, I, I've got it uh, documented now, so I can I can screenshot and say you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and working around the publicist. Yeah, I mean, they're doing their job. But yeah, if you can talk to somebody straight up, that's always best. Yeah, yeah, I I thought that was funny. Then uh, I'll probably share the email from his publicist. I think it was maybe Betty. Or Paula Poundstone did the same thing to me, and maybe hers was better. Oh, really? But yeah, but oh. yes, but you know, eventually, I'll either get them or I won't. But I, I, I'm actually not afraid to go after the big names. I don't want everybody on my podcast to be big names, though, um, because yeah. working comics are going to want to listen to a, a working comic that you know doesn't have gold plated uh bathroom uh, faucets and stuff like that you know i i want to you know i want i want to talk to people who are um in different phases and and uh try and trying to make a life for themselves and make a career for themselves so you know it's yeah. but i always want to get every once in a while i want to get that big name in just to uh sure. get their perspective and also help the ratings of the podcast too well even even more than that, I mean, that just gives you uh, just a, a better level of, of, you know, professionalism Yeah, that you've had. You know, you can always go back and say, well, I've had so-and-so on my show mm -hmm. and or they'll see that and then they'll they'll jump on. Uh, there's a fella in Columbia, Tennessee, mm -hmm. coincidentally, you mentioned Columbia. Yeah. Uh, he's got a podcast called. Um, oh, no, no, just. Split my mind. His name's Josh Belcher. Okay. And Josh is one of the best I've seen at booking guests. Uh huh. And he, he talks to a variety of people. He'll talk to comedians. He talks to musicians, authors. Um, and he is so good at getting, like, he's had Charlie Daniels on his podcast. Oh, wow. You know, he gets some big names on there. Mm -hmm. But He's just uh, really, really working it well. Right. And so he, he's another one of those guys. He's like you. He's just not afraid to reach out. Right. Yeah. You know, the worst that happens is they say no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always like to get someone who will actually be on the show. So I usually don't reach out to yeah. um, too big. Things. But, you know, and then there's a flip side to that, that some of the people that have never been on a podcast, will actually end up with the most downloads because people don't get to hear their story. Yep. Yep. 
So it can go both ways. You know? Yeah, it's, I've uh, I watch mine and uh, my Dreesen episode still my biggest one, but I see yeah. I see a few that are couple chicago comics and stuff like that the funny thing is is they had a whole bunch of downloads to begin with but i still see every week a couple more and a couple more coming in coming in to listen so it's and and, you know they're not the biggest names uh out there right now but they're (laughs) hard-working comics and another thing a comic can have is that can be part of your portfolio too you know, oh, you, yeah, for you, sure. you can put that together in your press kit. And I've had a couple of comics say, hey, um, is it okay if I include the episode in my press kit? And I'm like, well, yeah, totally. That's cool. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, huh? yeah. So that's, uh, that's, that's, another, that's another plus for comics. Getting I never actually considered doing that, but that's a great idea. Yeah. And you basically, I, make the, I can make the audio available to anybody. Um, without oh. having to download the MP3, so I can make the WAV file available. I can pop it in my OneDrive and share it that way. Then you can cut it up however you want. You know, you can take yeah. take an hour long thing and make it ten minutes with the greatest hits and do it that yeah, way too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, lost my train of thought. Oh, oh, I well, uh, Josh's podcast. I just remembered it. It's called Uncharted. Uncharted. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I took his name down. It's funny how many notes I actually dedicated <laughs> a notebook here to. Uh, oh, that's to, great. So that yeah. I don't lose my notes. Um, I like that. Yeah, but I uh, definitely want to uh, check that out. The, the, the problem with me is, is I love podcasts so much that it's almost all I do is listen to podcasts when <laughs> I when I have downtime, and I I've had to actually put some of them aside so i'm actually reading books and stuff like that too <laughs> so so but but i drive quite a bit you know my job yeah. is a lot of driving so you know i when i'm driving i'm obviously listening to podcasts but uh you know yeah. it's i i get so hooked on so many of them it's it's hard to fit them all in well i'm honored that you've taken a listen to free to laugh you yeah. know it's a big deal to me that you're getting to reach these people that you never thought that you would. Yeah. And, and for you to take the time, there's so many other options out there, like you said, to take the time to listen to what I'm producing. And, and we both know how much work goes into it. A lot of work. Um, yeah. <laughs> so every, every person that listens means a lot to me. So thank you, Scott. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you. I uh, thank you for being, being on mine. One of the things I like to ask, of uh, all the comics I talk to, uh, if there were three things that you wish that you could have known when you first started that you know now, what three things do you wish you would have known when you first started? Well, we talked about my epiphany or you know, someone else's epiphany that I wrote on that it's not about me getting a laugh. It's about me giving people the opportunity to laugh. Right. That's definitely not number one. Um, another thing, give yourself room to fail. Mm-hmm. And be grateful. Just be grateful for opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever comes, just be grateful for it all. Right. You know, I think those are, well, 
you know, there might be a few more, but um, that's definitely right up there. Mm-hmm. And don't take yourself too serious, you know? Right. It's, yeah. The grateful part is something that I've recently embraced because when you first start out or when you first start feeling like you're pretty good, like you could you, you could do a feature, you could do even a guest spot or something like that, and you see other people getting those spots and you're not getting them and you're you're getting a little jealous and wondering why. Uh, I feel like that. I went through a period of that and even, you know, I started when I was 50. So even then, you know, I should have been mature enough not, not to feel that way, but I, I wasn't. And I feel like that makes you not as good of a comic when you do that. Uh, you need to be happy for other people, but it also stifles your creative process when you're feeling envy. Um, so I can really, I've really embraced the grateful part, just being grateful for whatever I do and the people that I meet and being excited for people who do well. And, and that, that is something that I really took, took away for, especially the three things you talked about. That really makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. You know, just me being a Christian, you know, and being open about that, people might be like, well, of course you are, you know, that's just what you do. No, I got to, I have to fight for it. Like I have to really try because that, and I feel like it's a spirit, spirit of, of envy or jealousy Mm -hmm. will come in. And if I let it take root, then I'm really in trouble. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just making that conscious effort of saying, okay, this guy got that gig and I feel like I'm qualified, but like you said, I'm going to celebrate that with him. Yeah. Not only because it's just the right thing to do, but they've earned it. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter what you think, whatever they've done, they've done what they needed to to earn it. Mm -hmm. And when your time comes, and it will, you want people celebrating with you, not being bitter towards you. Right. Yeah. That's the, that's sage advice. I, uh, it's hard though because pride pride's part of all oh, of sure. us and and it's, yeah. Uh, yeah uh you have to recognize it for what it is and be able to understand it's time to put that away and and yeah. uh, just just let uh let people do their thing and be happy for them and and yeah and, and, yeah and really believe that your time's coming right that as long as you keep working at it you're going to get opportunity right i've had opportunity that other people never have, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to have opportunity or you have had opportunity that other people never have. Right. I know that because I didn't work the shows that you did. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, it's that simple. Right. You know? Maybe they're not the most glamorous gigs, but they were something. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that it was stage time that someone else would have wanted. Mm-hmm. So just grateful for every spot. One of the things I also learned and let me know if you've seen this, uh, Sometimes you are just not a fit for a particular show, a oh, particular yeah, room, sure. or a particular booker. Um, and yeah. you, if if you let that, I guess if you let that fester um, and not just say, okay, that that's not for me because I'm yeah. not for them, and go on to the next thing, that, that's another thing that's hard. 
Oh yeah. But once you understand that, like you do, then it's easier actually, because yeah. you know that you're not going to work that. So don't even bother. Right. You know? Yeah. It's okay. Uh-huh. And it's okay. I yeah. mean, there's only certain people that are going to do Colbert show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's only certain people that are going to do Huckabee. Right. Yeah. You know, so, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing your thing. You find the people that you need to reach and yeah. Yeah. Just be, be grateful for what comes. You know, I, I, I think it's all a gift, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just, especially right now, I mean, everything's kind of being brought into a uh, uh, perspective. Yeah. And so just being grateful for, to even do a show, I, you know, all my comic friends and I'm, I'm sure it's the same on your end. Everything's canceled. Yep. What we would give right now for an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So just being grateful for whatever comes. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I <laughs> wanted to, um, before, before we end here, I wanted to uh, talk about your writing process because it's something that I've been working on myself. Do you, first of all, have a like set time of day or a set amount of time that you write every day? No, I don't. I do a lot of one-liners, Scott. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that is uh, just kind of like you were talking about reading. Um, that's something that I don't love to do, Okay, (laughs) I can definitely find material in it, you know? And so it's, um, it's digging through history. Uh, for me, it's digging through history. It's digging through, um, current events Mm -hmm. and then picking through my life Mm -hmm. and finding if I can get one good one liner a day, that's, you know, 365. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not bad. Right. And then a lot of times I'll clump them. If they're in a group, I'll clump them together and make a bit out of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's just fine, but it's finding what works for you. You know, there's not a lot of one liner comics out there. And I don't do just strictly one liners. Mm-hmm. I do, you know, regular bits also. Right. But, a lot of them have that setup punch in it. Mm. So either way, I got to find that and then I'm going to work from that. Mm. When does stuff come to you? <laughs> in the night, Scott. Exactly. It's just all downloaded to me. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, a lot of times, you know, you just see something and, oh, there's the punch for it. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I was talking with Rick Roberts. Uh, I, I work with Rick quite a bit. He's a comic here in Nashville. And mm-hmm. uh, for for you comics that are looking to get started, uh, do a comedy school. He's got School of Laughs. Uh-huh. That's um, R.I.K., definitely right? R.I.K. Roberts? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've yep. heard of him. Yep. He'd be a great guest for you, Scott. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we were talking about... Um, Oh, what were we just, where was I going to go with that? Dang it. Writing. Oh yeah. You were telling me where, where does my stuff come yeah. from? You know? And so it just comes from, from finding that, um, premise. Mm-hmm. And then usually the punch is like kind of right there. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll work through it a little bit, you know? And since I'm doing one liner type stuff, 
I'll float it out online and see what type of response it gets. Mm-hmm. If it gets something that's fairly positive, I'll use it. Or if even if it doesn't, but I feel like it still has legs, mm-hmm. um, you know, because some stuff is better heard than read. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I can trust myself, mm-hmm. you know, enough to know that something might be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they, they coexist. So it, I'll, if I get good traction on something, mm-hmm. I'll use it on stage. And not only better heard than read, it's also the fact of the audience you have in front of you. Because I've, I've read out loud bits to other comics and said, what do you think of that? And they say, you know, it sounds pretty dull the, w- the way you say it now, but I've seen you on stage, so I know, I know it's probably going to be okay. So, you know, g- give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> What are they saying about you, Scott? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing, too, is there, um, I think a lot of that is just trusting yourself. Yeah. After a while, you know what's going to work, what isn't. Yeah. And so just, I I trust myself over any comic that I would run a bit by. And the audience is going to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. So, but try it a few times, you know, don't. Don't be one and done unless you know it's like total crap. Mm. Of course, yeah, (laughs) let that one go. But if you feel like if you really feel strong that there's something there, go back and rework it. You know, it can be as simple as switching out a word or two Mm. that will totally change the bit. I'm very much in the the Seinfeld mode of editing that you just work on that thing until you've got it. Mm-hmm. down down you know um of course that said you know I'll, I'll wiggle around with it on stage sometimes you know i don't have everything exactly perfect but right but with the one-liners they're all very much the way i want them mm-hmm. uh, or they're or they're on their way to getting there right right the uh the fact uh, and i don't know if this is the case for you i don't know if something's funny until I actually do it on stage and open mics are weird because it's, you know, it's usually 80% other comics sitting there. And if a comic likes something, you're going to get a, you know, you're not, (laughs) nobody's going to laugh out loud. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get much. So you, you really have to listen for those when you're doing, and I record just about every set I do uh, audio and I listen for that really close because if I get a little huh out of out of an open <laughs> mic, then I know that could be gold in front of a real yeah. audience. <laughs> well, that is one thing I appreciate about Nashville is, like I said, the comics are pretty supportive. So if something's funny, they'll laugh. Yeah, yeah. If, my, if it's the third show, you know, that night, mm-hmm. then maybe. Not. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some rooms are a little bit harder than others. Yeah. But for the most part, you're going to be able to figure out what's working and what's not. Right. Right. Uh, you know, and, and another thing is I really don't mind comics giving me their input. You know, if they have a tag or something they want to throw my way, I, that is not beneath me to take someone else's thought and put it into mine if they're oh, offering yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Where, you know, and I'll, you know, some comics are like, no, I don't want anybody tainting my material. Well, right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm all for it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause I, you know, the more cooks in the kitchen type theory, mm-hmm. you know, that we're going to make something good and, yeah. I'm, and I'm totally cool with that. You yeah. Know? Uh, 
just like I mentioned, my friend reached out to me the other day. He's like, hey, do you mind if I say it? Yeah, you don't even have to ask. Right. Just, yep. You know, feel free. Yeah. And then if I'm offended by that, then I'll tell you to ask. Yep. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the group I'm in is very much like that. Well, I, I mean, we're really open with each other and, and we'll yeah. say, you know, you know, that joke could be a lot better or it could be a little better if you just change this. And, and it's, uh, it's very refreshing to be able to talk like that because we're, I, I think when you're doing an open mic or you're hanging out with other comics, if, if you think of it as a level playing field, then everybody's opinion is, is good. And on the other hand, everybody's opinion is not good either because you got to be you. So you got to, you know, you know so, some of the stuff, you know, I had one guy, you know, uh, give me a line that would would have been fantastic for one of my bits if I was a blue comic. And I even tried it yeah. a couple times yeah. and it went over really good. And um, then I said, I just can't do it because that's that's one of my one of my favorite bits. And I need to be able to do it in every room. So I came up with an alternate take on it and it it worked fine. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so, oh, yeah, I've done that, too. You know, somebody gives you, but it's just that seed of the thought. Yeah. That, yeah. And you're able to grow that the way you want, mm. you know, but I, I feel like my comic friends, you know, I, I treat them like my any other friend, the honest ones are the best. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if they're honest with me uh, and they allow me to be honest with them, mm-hmm. the better off we all are. Yeah. One of the things I forgot to ask you is um, you are recently married. Have you been married three years yet? <laughs> no, we've been uh, uh, eight months. I think, oh, okay. I thought I, I thought I thought you were the two-year guy, so I'm listening to a lot of stuff. So anyway, yeah, yeah. You're, you're recently married, and um, and uh, your wife is, has been at least for eight months been exposed to the whole comedy thing. How does she <laughs> feel about it? Our first time ever hanging out together, Scott. We went to uh, we met at church, and uh-huh. I was going to Zany's afterwards. And uh, that's a comedy club here yep. in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Bates, who we mentioned before, he he was doing a show that night, so I was going out to support. And mm-hmm. she said she didn't, she wasn't doing anything that night, and I wanted to go alone, but I felt guilty, so uh-huh. I <laughs> I said, "You want to come with?" And I guess you can, type thing, you know. And, and so our that's where we kick things off. Uh, I mean, we didn't like each other that night. But a month later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so she's been exposed to it from the very start. Mm-hmm. You know, that she didn't see my act right away, but she saw who I was hanging out with mm-hmm. and the kind of environment. That was her first time ever in a comedy club. Mm-hmm. That was her first. Well, it wasn't her first time to a live comedy show, but it was her first time in a comedy club. Uh-huh. Okay. And so she appreciates it. And honestly, I've gotten to this point where I, I really enjoy her being at my shows. Mm. There's a lot of, uh, she just brings a lot of peace. And so it's, mm. um, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. My, my wife comes to a lot of mine too. And, but oh, okay, we've, great. we've mm. been together 37 years, so it's a little bit different, but <laughs> it's, it's always nice. Well, how was it for you? You said that you started comedy when you were 50. How was it for you with, uh, being married and jumping in later? 
Um, she w- my, my wife was actually super supportive right from the beginning because I think she knew that I always wanted to do it. And, okay. and I actually, the first thing I did is my company, I, I've worked for the same company for 14 years. They wanted me to do comedy for their holiday party. And, okay. and I, I said no. And because I didn't think that was the thing to do. And then I talked to my wife about it and she said, you know, honey, you know, you want to do it. So just do it. And then I did it and I got the bug and started doing open mics and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, just in the past few months, I did a, uh, comedy contest up in Grand Rapids a few weeks ago. And I decided that I needed, you know, we've got one real comedy club in my area and one open mic. So, Okay. I'm I'm doing the wow. same yeah I'm doing the same stuff for the same people and I said you know I got to get out of here and do this stuff for other people and see how they do it so you know I went to Kalamazoo which is about an hour and a half and then I went to Grand Rapids and did a mic which was two hours and did some other stuff in between that and a lot of writing and a lot of tweaking and she went with me every time and and you know we both were part of the No Sleep Club for a while because. She gets up at like four forty-five in the morning, and I get up at oh, five. Wow. So you know, it's uh, it, it was just like no sleep, but uh, it it worked. It worked out in the comedy contest. Uh, you know, obviously I didn't win or anything, but uh, it gave me a really good tape, a really good video that I can share and stuff like that. So um, she's just totally on my side, and she always wants me to push it more than I think I'm able to and and that's really nice really nice to have somebody in your corner like that yeah wow you're blessed yeah yeah you know i think that's important you know and so it goes both ways for my wife and i she's uh she's a writer and she's got some uh different endeavors going on and Mm -hmm. and we've got a got a baby on the way so Uh it's just being supportive of each other and what we're doing and uh, getting to do life together, you know, we haven't known each other. You know, we've known each other a year and a half now. So, uh-huh. you know, just uh, just enjoying the ride, you yeah. know. And <laughs> you wanted to put a theme on here is just being grateful, being yeah. grateful for uh, those times together, the opportunity. And she she loves going to the shows, you know, and just getting to laugh herself. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did a show the other night and she's like, oh, yeah, I really like that other comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I got to keep working on my stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get the same thing. And my wife gives me, gives me, uh, tips and pointers and tells, tells me when I could have done better all the time. And, you know, it, it's good, good to get that feedback from somebody close. Yeah. Well, and again, it comes down to honesty. I know I can trust her with my stuff that she's going to give me feedback. Now I understand that her sense of humor is maybe not the same as the vast majority. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, you kind of filter it through that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I understand too, that she wants me happy. So sometimes I might, I, you know, I I have to weed it through some of that stuff sometimes, Uh but, but it always comes back to, she loves me and she supports me and and it's all, it's all good. Yeah, no doubt. That's great. Well, doc, it sure has been great. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was going to say she won't let me proofread her book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's probably best. Doc, yeah, probably. it's been great. It's been fantastic talking yeah, to you. Um, yeah. you know, I learned a lot, and uh, 
you know, the takeaway is be grateful for what what you got and work hard for what what you want to get. I I think that's the the best thing I can. Well, take I mean, from just it. hearing about you drive those nights, you know, that's inspiring to me. Yeah. You know, we we need to be out doing more. Yeah, you know, I I really I'm really optimistic in this time that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. You talked about posterity. People might be listening back in a couple of years, be like, what the heck are they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, in this time right now where we're all basically laid off, mm. I see opportunity around the corner. Yeah. So I feel like every comic out there should be writing right now. They should come back better than they left. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I agree. I agree. That's 100%. my encouragement to you, comics. And yeah. even if this is late down the road, you know, just do what you can to get better. Yeah, no doubt. I've actually started whiteboarding my stuff. I got a brand new whiteboard a few weeks ago and put it on the wall, and I'm oh. I'm putting my premise down and all the tags, and then I write from there and decide which tags stay and which ones go. So it's 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 oh, interesting awesome. writing like that. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. I used to have a whiteboard. I, I miss that for sure. Mm. Hey, you know, and there's uh, so much flexibility with that. Yeah, and it's just been an honor being on uh, on here, having a conversation with you, Scott. Yeah. You're uh, you're an awesome podcaster. Thank and you. I, I mean that. Well, you're, an you're awesome. very good at what you're doing. Yeah, you're an awesome guest too. I, I appreciate you being on, uh, Doc. How can we find you on social media and all that stuff? It's all under Doc Kennedy Live. Okay. So you can go to DocKennedyLive.com or, uh, yeah, the social media is Doc Kennedy Live. Um, and then on YouTube, uh, just do a search for Doc Kennedy. Mm-hmm. I noticed on Facebook you got a pretty big following there. It's 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 real different <laughs> how social media works. It, it, you know, it's, it's either Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. One of them tends to be your staple, and it yeah. looks like Facebook's yours. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. And that's where I can kind of test out some jokes, see if they work or right. not. That's definitely, uh, you know, I put stuff out on Twitter, but it, yeah, I don't know. Stuff disappears it, you know, so fast. But like, it's like you said, you just find what you what works yeah and i'm I'm, obviously i'm glad that i have a twitter account because that's how you and i connect yeah no doubt yeah so be willing to try different stuff and be willing to be out there even if it's not working for you just have a presence there yeah exactly yeah yeah you gotta hit it once in a while and i make a goal to hit all mine at least once a day so you know oh that's good yeah just to may let people know i'm still alive out there you know yeah <laughs> do you well, use uh any app that uh sends it to like there's some apps where you can use it it'll send one post to all the different uh, yeah, formats i've i've kind of you know i know my instagram automatically goes to my facebook but i I post a little bit different stuff to Twitter than I do to Facebook, and oh. and so I I make it I make it a little bit different, and I you know I've got to make a decision because everything is my podcast stuff now, and I don't have anything about my comedy except for my personal page, so I got to decide: sure. um, do I want to branch out even further and do more pages, or um, do I just want to leave it the way it is, or just leave social media totally and. <laughs> and let things fall <laughs> i think that would be preferred these days yeah but, uh, no you know for for the individual yeah we would miss you of course yeah but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's hard sometimes 
Well, any anyway, Doc, it's been great having you on. And um, Doc, your your podcast, in case you didn't know, is called the Free to Laugh Podcast, and is available on all the podcast outlets. All you got to do is type in "Free to Laugh" and you can find it. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, yeah and I look forward to having you on. Yeah. We got to make that happen soon. I don't know what your calendar is looking like, but we'll get in there. Yeah, great. Let let me know. I'm I'm always great. Um, I'm always happy to talk about my story. I I can talk in length about it. So. Oh, that's great. <laughs> 20 minutes? Yeah, I, I, yeah you, you'll get a lot in 20. <laughs> well, thanks for being well, on, man. Lot, I appreciate Scott. it. This has been an honor. Yeah. It, it really has. Thank you. Stay on for just a sec. <laughs>